This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is entitled, The Power of Purity. One poor decision can destroy your future. God is calling you to live a holy life. When you're not living a pure life, you're exposing yourself to dangerous consequences. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Today I want to, uh, as we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, I want to discuss an important and significant message with you. Allow me to read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. uh, You know, this is about the birth of Jesus. So let me just read through this and just hang with me for a few moments. I won't keep you long today. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, it says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, and he for he will save his people from their sin. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. and They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Yeah, this is the this is the passage about the birth of the Lord Jesus. This is the Christmas passage. It is the passage that highlights and celebrates Uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate his birth on this Christmas season, I'm purposing today to share a message with one strong, significant point, one strong appeal. And I want to talk to the young people. Today is our Young People's Day, Youth Day. Remix, the young people call it. I want to talk to youth and young adults. I want to talk to you today because this principle is applicable to you, but it's also applicable to the old. Don't you don't tune me out, older people, because it applies to you as well. But I'm specifically reaching out and aiming to impact the young generation. It is a message today that I hope that after the message today, parents will sit down and talk with their children and their teens about this message. It is a message about purity. I want to talk about purity. I want to title this message, The Power of Purity. If I could put a title to it, a message to it, that's what it is. The Power of Purity. I want to talk about that today because I am concerned, concerned about our culture, concerned about generations that fail to honor the word of God as it relates to in specific sexual purity. As a matter of fact, uh, the, de- the, the, the data of today reveals that over 40% of teens are sexually active. Teenagers, over 40%, based on the data of today, a huge amount of young people are sexually active. And many young adults today 
have disregarded the biblical teaching as it pertains to purity. As a matter of fact, it appears as though it's been thrown out the door and disregarded. People don't even give it consideration. As a matter of fact, you are considered old, foggy, out of touch, unreal, impractical if you seek to even live a life of purity. But my goal today is to re-elevate, put it back on the mantle that it belongs on, re reintroduce and re-challenge us today to honor and respect God's standard of sexual purity. As a matter of fact, the Bible is clear in this teaching, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. Let's be clear what the Bible teaches, that sex outside of marriage is a sin. Hebrews 13 and 4 says this, marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. Then it says this, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Fornicators and adulterers, those who operate and practice in sexual immorality outside of the institution of marriage, God will judge. That's horrifying. I don't know if you sense what I sense about it. It's scary to know that if we don't live our lives according to the standard, we will have to answer to a holy God that requires holiness before us. It is a violation of the moral, the fornication in particular, for the young people, I want to talk to you today and let you know that 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 the moral and legal commitment of marriage is between one man and one woman. That's what God's institution is. And I know that there are components of our society that seek to seek to totally destroy that standard. They want to totally destroy the institution of marriage being between one man and one woman. They want to make it anything they want to make it or, or to redefine it. But this is God's standard. This is the way God designed family between one man and one woman, a husband and a wife. And so I want to spend some time today and challenge us. And I want to speak to you today and remind you that one day we're all going to have to stand before God. And we're going to have to give an account of how we regarded this truth, how, how we practiced it, how we lived it. What we did with it, did we push it out of the background? Did we ignore it? Did we disregard it? Did we say it's not today? It's not for today or it's not true? Did we just toss it out and didn't care about it? I have a deep concern and a deep burden for our young people today who seem to be growing up in a culture have, that has disregarded this standard and this holiness of purity that comes from God. I am concerned that even those who have been raised in the church and been exposed to the truth have just pushed it to the side. They are shacking and living together, young adults, and have no regard for this principle. And this They're violating it with no concern. And about the teenagers who seem to be walking and practicing and doing this with no regard for the fact that one day we will have to answer to God. I thought I ought to talk about this today, and I know you're wondering, and I, I know you're stressed out. Somebody today might be stressed out about me talking about this around Christmas time. Pastor, what does this have to do with Christmas? Anybody who knows anything about me will know that I'm not one to just stick to the traditional messages around holiday times. But I think this message of sexual purity has a whole lot to do with the Christmas story. And I thought I ought to talk about it today. I thought we should spend some time and look at two role models of sexual purity 
that happened to be the instruments that God used to even bring the Christmas story. I thought we ought to spend some time talking about Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary, this couple that were used by God to make a significant contribution to the world that impacted the world well after their earthly lives were over. They impacted generations of lives by their decision of how they lived before they got married. As a matter of fact, they had a lifestyle of purity. As a matter, and that's what the Bible teaches us in this old passage on multiple occasions. It says today that they were young people, and I do believe they were young, young adults. The Bible doesn't tell us how old they were, does not give us that indication. Some, some theologians feel that Mary was a teenager when she gave birth to Jesus. We, we don't know. The Bible gives us no indication. So we're not going to hang ahead and debate on what her age was. It doesn't matter. Here's what's the fact is, whatever her age was, she was a virgin. As a matter of fact, in, on multiple occasions in this passage, I want to point them out to you very quickly. It tells us about how they lived in purity. In verse number 18, it says that the birth of Jesus was as follows. It says this in verse 18. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and then it says this, before they came together, before they came together, before they engaged in sexual intimacy, before that happened. It gives us that insight. When they were engaged, betrothed means they had entered into a commitment of, of union, of marriage. And before they had sex, before they came together, that's what that term means, she was found with a child. And the Bible tells us that that child was of the Holy Spirit, verse 18 says. It was not because of her encounter with Joseph or any other man. It was the implanting of the seed of the Savior in her by the Holy Spirit. And that's, that, that's one of the reasons we put so much uh, trust in Christ. So, so, much, so many, one of the reasons why we know we can have confidence in the Savior that we serve because his blood is not like human blood. His blood is not like our blood because he was conceived not by a human being, not by the sperm of, of, a, of a man. He was conceived by the seed of the Holy Spirit planted in the womb of Mary. And it is worthy of a, of a great thing that this is what separates Jesus from every other so-called savior and messiah that has come through history who claim to be the solution and the answers. He's unique in that way. And it was able to happen with confidence and assurance because the scripture tells us with clarity. And I put my confidence in the holy word of God, in the, the living word of God, that it says that this occurred before her and Joseph came together. They lived a pure life. But that's not the only way, only place it tells us that. It, it repeats it multiple times. In verse number 23, slide down to verse number 23. It says, behold, verse 23, the virgin shall be with child. The virgin. There's, it is the second time. It wants to make sure we don't miss the point. And so it highlights it again that a virgin, it says before, it says uh, in verse number 23, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. She was a virgin. She that's a strange word today. People don't 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 even celebrate it. They'll think something's wrong with you. But I want to say to, to young people today, if you are a virgin, we celebrate you. Heaven applauds you. 
The earth has to bow down and say, God bless you. I say, bless those young people who are living pure, sexually pure life. There is power in purity. It's turning over your sexual life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says she was a virgin, but it does not stop there. It tells us yet a third time in this passage. In verse number 25, it says about Mary. Let me read verse 24 and 25 so you can get those together. It says, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife in verse 25 and says, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. He didn't know her. That word know means sexual intimacy. That's what it means they lived in sexual purity and I know this is a challenging word in this culture and in this day but it must be declared and it must be taught three times it talked about this couple presented themselves before God in sexual purity I by the way believes it's critical for the health of any marriage it's critical for couples who are contemplating union and contemplating getting married to walk in purity as a matter of fact, I, I, I think uh, when you engage in sexual immorality and, and don't live the way God wants you to live, you are, you, are, you are exposing yourself to some dangerous things. You know, every time you sleep with somebody that's not your spouse, you are bonding with that person. You are creating a connection that is very difficult to break should you not get married to that person. And some of us have treated sexual intimacy as though it's like going out and buying some cookies, get a cup of ice cream. No, no, no. It is a it is a sacred engagement between a man and a woman that should only occur in the institution of a committed relationship, legal and morally. And we call that marriage. That's what the Bible calls it marriage. I want to say to you today that what's significant about this, this couple, what is sacred about them, what I celebrate about them is that they recognized that this was the responsibility of both of them to live this, their lives this way. It was, both, it was both him and her. It was not just one having the side to say they were going to do it. They jointly decided that they would keep themselves pure before God. I wonder how many engaged couples are making that choice today. I suggest to you that based on the way this country lives and the way people live today, not very many. But it is my assignment and my job and the burden that God has put upon my heart to shout and proclaim that this is a holy standard that God requires. And, and here's why the, the purity is so powerful. I, I'm going to just take a moment here because when you're not living a pure life, you are placing yourself in the posture of so many dangerous things, so many troubling facts. And I think it's my job, my responsibility to say to couples, young adults, God's call is for you to live holy. That's the call of Almighty God. You both make the choice. I know many a young man's whole goal is to violate some woman. That's somebody's daughter, young dude. That's some, that is somebody's sister that you are violating. I know that's your goal, but that should not be a Christian man's goal or effort to do. Matter of fact, let me just be honest and tell you that some of the young ladies are just as aggressive and just as loose as the men. And just as aggressive, just as forward with it. 
My assignment is to tell you that's not the way God wants those who are under the banner of the Lord Jesus in their life. He does not want you living your life in that way. I make that appeal to you. I plead with you. I tell you today that don't get trapped in the sinful cycle of moral impurity. I know a lot of young people today are desperately looking for love from their parents. A lot of teenagers have gotten entrapped in this thing because they didn't receive the love and affirmation and acceptance from their parents. So they go to the streets to find it. They'll go looking for it from the wrong places and the wrong people and before the right time. I want to celebrate those who have made this choice and walked in this way. And made this decision. It is important. The power of purity is important. Why? Because impurity clouds your judgment. Impurity clouds your judgment. Impurity puts you. Moral impurity. Sexual impurity. Will cloud your ability to clearly hear from God. A lot of people miss out because that sexual impurity will blind you. It will cloud your judgment. Sexual impurity also uh, will cloud your ability not only to determine who you're supposed to marry and what your calling assignment of your life is. It, it will cloud your ability to know what direction God has for your life. And it is at this point, young people in your life, that you have to make the most critical decisions about your future. Because one bad decision, one bad choice can jack up and mess up the, the flow of your life. One bad choice. One wrong connection, one wrong act can destroy your future. So I want to make an appeal to you today to walk in purity. I want to plead with you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to live a holy life. Maybe you, maybe you have failed already, but we serve a God that will give you another chance. He's a God will give you another opportunity. This was so great about serving Jesus. He's a God that forgives you and he does this. He justifies you. And that word justifies means justification means he treats you just as if you had not failed. Just as if you had not sinned. That's what it means. God will justify you. He'll look at you and won't hold it against you. And I, I, I feel the tension in the room, but I want, I want to challenge parents to talk to your teenage children about this issue and put in place boundaries. Put in place with your young people, your teenagers, boundaries, principles by which you guard your sexual morality. It becomes an important thing. Parents, it's your job to talk to your children about sex, not the streets. They shouldn't learn it from school. They need to learn it from their parents. I want to challenge you today. So I, I, feel, I feel the tension. I want to say to parents, your, your children ought to know beyond a shadow of a doubt how you love them unconditionally. They ought not look for love in the streets because they don't know that their parents love them. Daddy, it's important that you show your daughter that you love her. That you love her as your daughter. It is my burden and I'm stressed out. That so many young ladies don't know that their fathers love them in a pure way. 
Therefore, they go out to the streets looking for somebody to love and accept them. Don't let your daughter first hear that she's loved from the streets. She ought to hear it from her father. She ought to hear it from her parents. That is the will of God. And I feel I feel the tension. I feel tension in the room. Tension. I feel the tension. And the tension is, Pastor, how do we live like this? I'm glad you asked the question. How do you live this way? Here's how you live this way. Let me give you three quick points. Number one. How do you walk in purity? First of all, you have to make a decision to live a pure life. Make the decision to live a pure life. Make that decision. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's the least you can do. Make the decision to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, not to people, not to men, not to women, but to God. Which is the least you can do for his service, your reasonable service. And then verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's what that means. Here's what that says. Don't be conformed to doing everything that the world is doing. I know everybody else is doing it. I know everybody else is moving in before they get married. I know that's the way the world does it, but you don't have to. You're under a different banner. You're walking and under the authority of a different God. Your flesh is not your God. You're walking under the authority of the Lord Jesus. You are his child and you want his favor and his blessings. The power of purity puts you in a position to have the favor and power of God resting upon your life. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, listen to this, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I like that term, good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect. I, I call that living in the gap. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Will of God, not of man. It's the will of God. Young people, I want to challenge you today that walking in the will of God is the best place you could ever be. Walking in the will of Almighty God. Choose your friends carefully. Choose godly friends. If you have friends that are trying to steer you down the wrong path in this arena or any other arena that's opposite of God, they're not really your friends and they're not good friends. I want to say to young people today, make the choice and the decisions to want to honor the God who loves you unconditionally. Make the decision right now. I'm going to live a pure life. But don't stop there. Here's what Romans chapter 13 and verse 14 says. It says, make no provisions for the flesh. That's point two. Make no provisions for the flesh. You, you have to make a decision that you're not going to let your flesh be ruled and controlling you. Make no provisions for your flesh. Romans 13, 14. Chapter 13, verse 14 says this. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. 
In other words, I, I want to challenge you today to make certain, make boundaries, make, uh, make some boundaries. Put some boundaries in place. Uh, um, don't allow yourself to be put in a compromising situation. Don't go there. Know that if you get yourself in that position before you even get there, it's tough to say no after you get there. It's tough to walk out after you're in the situation. I'm going to say to you today, have enough spiritual maturity and enough spiritual insight and enough desire to please God that you won't even put yourself in the situation. See, so many of y'all are playing and toying and just because you ain't gone all the way. But once you get there, it's a troubled situation. My challenge to you today is make no provision. Give the flesh no room to fail. Don't even get in the situation. Don't even be in the room. Don't even be in a place where it can happen. Don't be in the room where it can happen. If you want to please God and if you want him to be, uh, your life to be honorable to him, if you want the power of purity to rest on your life, see, here's the thing about purity. I forgot to tell y'all this. I need to tell you the power, about the power of purity because when you live a pure life, you place yourself in a situation where God can use you incredibly. God does unimaginable things. He does things beyond comprehension for people who surrender their sexual life to him. That's what the power of purity is, that you're placing yourself in a, in a posture for God to do the supernatural through you. Take you to places beyond your wildest dreams and your wildest hopes and your wildest aspirations. That's what the power of purity does for you. And I say to you, Look ahead and see where the situation might be going and protect yourself. Build some boundaries. Say, oh, no, no, we're not going there. Or, 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 yeah, let's go on a group date. Why don't we just do this? Let's make the choice to make the right choice. And I'm challenging men and women, young men and young ladies. And I'm saying to the teenagers too, make that righteous choice. Let me close this. Message with a third and final point about the power of purity. I want to challenge you today. Control your thoughts. It is your thought life. It is your thought life. That destroys your. Ability to make right choices, your thought life. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three through six says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I love that passage right there. Life changing for me because it said basically to me, it gave me the clear understanding that if I wanted victory in my flesh, I had to war not by fleshly weapons, but I had to fight this war. By, by tearing down strongholds, and he tells us in verse 5 how to do it, cast down arguments. That's your thought life. 
and every high thing in your thoughts that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, it is the demon of curiosity that rolls around in your mind to think what something would be like or whether you should do something. It is it is it is this truth, the failure to recognize this principle that brings people into trouble. And so the Bible says you can punish disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled and the obedience you ought to fulfill is controlling your thought life. Control what you look at with your eyes. Control what music you listen to. Control what things you ponder in your life and in your heart. Control your thought life. It is your thought life that runs you down the drain. It is, it is the memory of what the past was that keeps bringing you into trouble. I want to challenge you today. As we enter into this sacred season, I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus, but I'm also celebrating that it could happen. The Lord Jesus could come into this world and change the world because of a couple that walked in purity before them. I cannot imagine what things God wants to bring into the world through you when you make the choice to live a holy life. I'm hoping I'm making myself clear and, and, and without apology to you, I'm hoping I'm presenting a hope for you, a, a promise for you, a, a truth to you. That how you live your life in this arena does matter. The power of purity puts you in a position for Christ to show his power through your life. Well, I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody because this is the holiday season. I know this ain't, this ain't the traditional Christmas message. And anybody who knows me knows I don't. As I said at the start, I don't tr traditionally go with the tradition. I'm saying to you today that I believe God gave this message on my heart to speak to you. Somebody said, well, you know, Pastor, I done already messed up. I done already had a child or two outside of marriage. I done, I done already missed the mark. I'm already engaged in this behavior. But guess what? God can forgive you. He can wash your plate clean. He's a God of another chance. He will give you a second chance. Matter of fact, I stopped saying second chance. He'll give you another chance. He'll give you another opportunity to make it right with him. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Do not get trapped in the sinful cycle of moral impurity. When you live a pure life, you're placing yourself in a posture for God to do the supernatural through you. If you've been blessed by this message and you'd like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.